Welcome to This Week Health Community. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. Today, we have an interview in action from the 2023 fall conferences of Chime in San Antonio and Health in Las Vegas. And we wanna thank our show sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. And they are Olive, Rubric, Trellix, Medigate, and F5. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com. And here we go. All right, we're here with Michael Saad with the University of Tennessee Medical Center. Michael, welcome. Interview in action, Chime Fall Forum. You tell them out of practice. I've only done 10 of these. <laughs> right. And finally, it's just, it's the morning. You're one of the first ones this morning. Great to see you again. Thanks for having me on. How, how was the keynote? It was interesting. So we had Sophia the robot on today and the first 10 minutes was definitely a glitch. There were some type of technical issues and so I think they literally had to reboot the robot and then have the robot come back. A more sympathetic audience than the people. (laughs) I'm sure sure Russ was out there going, oh my gosh. Russ, don't worry about it. We've all been there. Crazy. So what's uh, what's top of mind? What's going on at the University of Tennessee? Like everyone, we're struggling with uh, staffing challenges. That's a big issue. We're getting budget season right now, which we're fiscal year for budgets. And so we're putting our budgets together. And like health systems across the country, we're having a lot of budget challenges. So your calendar fiscal year? We are, yes. Okay. Yeah. So you're at the really tail end of the process. Correct, yes. We have to get it to our board first week of December. So this is crunch day today. Actually, after this, I have a two-hour Zoom call back in Knoxville to finalize the budget. I am finding that a lot, that the CIOs, I see them on their phone. I see them uh, running off to meetings and that kind of stuff. It's like people are here but they're also there. It's really hard to just be present. And that's the blessing and the curse of Zoom and Teams and everything else nowadays is you can work from anywhere, also you can work from anywhere. Work from anywhere. What are you looking forward to at the conference? You, any track sessions or? I am, yes. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to, there's some cybersecurity sessions that I think will be helpful. I know you just had a get together yeah. with some CISOs, which I heard was very successful, so congratulations. Thanks. So that was popular. So I'm looking forward to the cybersecurity piece of it. Digital health, that's all the rage right now. Everybody's focused on digital health for good reason. Um, so we're focused on that. And then some AI. And I'm kind of curious to see what that artificial intelligence looks like. That, that in it's, some ways, that's a solution looking for a problem. Yeah. Uh, no, in, but in it, it's yeah. interesting. You're a one foot firmly planted where we're at today, but yes. you're also looking out over a couple of years and saying, all right, what's the potential? I'm not going to ask you about cybersecurity for obvious reasons. We right. don't. Yeah. Um, we don't generally go into that so that we don't reveal our posture and those kind of things. Great. But I will ask you about things like patient experience, digital mm-hmm. and patient experience. Yes. Where are where are you focusing on? What are you looking at this point? So what's interesting is healthcare, I think when you talk to other healthcare CIOs, we feel as though we're being becoming more advanced in the digital space. And as an industry we are, but compared to other, we're decades behind. I worked in marketing and advertising in the 2000s, and this is stuff we were doing back in 2000. Right. Digital is very interesting. I think the patient engagement piece of it is very important as well. And from a consumer perspective, we do everything on our phones now. And so it's really driving that same type of patient engagement to the phones where patients can see the doctor when they want to see the doctor, schedule telehealth appointments, navigate wayfinding over the phone, so all that in one single app. And that's what we use today for buying groceries or having food delivered to the house. So healthcare needs to also go that direction. How are we going to measure that? In marketing, because I've done some work in marketing and whatnot, you have very clear metrics and progressions for people. You can measure friction in the process, You know why some things work. You can do A-B testing, hey, this worked for this. Or this. How are we going to, 
I don't almost adopt that same kind of uh, approach in mind. That's a great question. I think press gainy scores is probably one way to measure that. And it's a survey we send out to the patients. That, that's certainly one way. And then there's the online scores, which we still utilize the kind of find a doc about the how is your physician, how's the experience at the medical center itself, and using those things to gauge. So, I, but I think you're right. I think it's time to probably come up with a new metric, at what that looks like from a patient engagement perspective. Are we moving the needle on the patient experience? Are we getting the patients what they really want? What, as you, as you round and talk to physicians, what are physicians asking for these days? So they're asking for the ability to directly interact with the patient without a system in between them. And we've heard that for years, right? We've heard that patients want to interact directly with the providers, the providers want to work with the patients, but they don't want to have to document in the EMR, they don't want to have to have their back to the patient documenting and typing things. So they want to be able to interact directly and they want information, which is somewhat of a kind of an oxymoron is, I don't want to have to work with a computer, but yet I want information at the point of care to help me understand how to deal with the patient. So it's really getting that information to the patient and to the provider that's actionable and it doesn't become noise. We talk about wearables, we talk about all this other technology where it's important that the patient can get information to the provider, but it has to be actionable for the provider at the point of care. And so that, that's what I'm hearing is the providers want actionable data at the point of care, but they don't want it to be a distraction when they're interacting with the patients. Yeah, I think the session just left out, speaking of distractions. Yeah. So it's a little loud for us, but the, the microphone will cut a lot of that stuff out. The uh, clinicians and their experience right now is really important with, with burnout, not only on the physician side, but also on the nursing side and those kinds of things. And it's interesting when you talk about breaking down the, the barrier. Are, are, is it the same, are we looking at the same kind of thing? Are we still looking at, essentially ambient clinical intelligence and that kind of stuff. Is it still those kinds of things? Are we actually looking at re, uh, I don't know, recreating those workflows and those processes? I think it's a little bit of both. So I think it is using that ambient technology, the scribe, some of those type of things to eliminate some of the friction. But then I think it's also transformational items like you just talked about. I think the way we deliver care has to change. I think that's absolutely critical. When you look at nursing, for example, they want to operate atop a license. You don't need nurses out there looking for equipment or looking for an IV pole and spending 10 minutes for that. What are things that we can do from a technology perspective to allow them to be at the bedside and care for the patient and spend less time worrying about trays and worrying about IV poles and transport and room cleaning and all about that. So what are some of those things that we can do to help optimize their time knowing that they're already stressed, have staffing constraints and everything else and deal with those. How, uh, how are you finding that equipment? That was always, Yes. We found some equipment on eBay, <laughs> but uh, how are you finding it? So we're actually rolling out RFID now housewide. So we have about a three million square foot campus in Knoxville, Tennessee. And so we're rolling out RFID technology now so that nurses can tell real time, here are my IV poles, here are the vitals that I'm looking for, here's a bed, our patient's down in radiology. So track real time instead of literally having nurses go around floor to floor looking for an IV. And that explains wayfinding. Wayfinding yes. is pretty important as well. Absolutely, yep. And we're building off the foundation of wayfinding. So we already had patient wayfinding rolled out. We had the Bluetooth beacons already in the hospital. So now we're just expanding those beacons to allow for tracking of devices beyond patients. It's interesting you went with RFID. Was there no way to use the Bluetooth low energy kind of stuff for uh, doing the same thing you're going to be doing with RFID? So there were, but it's not doesn't have the same level of pinpoint accuracy. So you're tracking larger individuals when you're tracking kind of the low Bluetooth, but it also has issues getting between walls and the rooms. Okay. So we had to have different sensors put in the room so you could literally tell this IV pole was in room 512. 
any patient tracking with RFID here? Not yet. We're talking about armbands and whether or not that makes sense. There's a whole logistics of do you have a disposable armband? Do you put a chip in them and then do you do turn them over and who does that work? So we're looking at armbands and putting chips in there, but that's what's, still what's the benefit of that? What's the ROI on that or what's the thought process on so that? So I think it helps track from metrics perspective how long it takes to get somebody from the ED up to an inpatient room. So um, you can see your patient flow throughout yeah, the entire absolutely. system. And even a heat map. So we talked about can you even put a heat map together to see where are your bottlenecks within the organization too. That's interesting. Um, AI, you mentioned it. I am uh, I'm really delving into AI personally at this point because I feel like it's on that precipice. We are seeing some applications within healthcare, not necessarily on the clinical side, although we are seeing, starting to see some clinical applications to it as well. Yeah. Definitely on the administrative side, but we're still on that cusp. You talked about that hitch in here, and uh, we can't afford to have hitches in healthcare. That's right. But there, there are, what are some of the applications you're looking at to say, hey, this might have some potential for us. I think if you look at areas like radiology, that's a great example where you utilize AI to look at images, flag them for the radiologist, and then they know to pinpoint a certain area. So that's something from a workflow perspective. So they have a cue, they work, and then can AI look and say, you know what, here's something in the brain scan you may want to look at and flag it for us, and the radiologist can then look and, and be cued into that. Are you looking at that, or is that something you're doing today? That is something we're doing today. Oh, wow. Yes. Man, that's fantastic. Yes. All right, we're going to be doing webinars a little different this year. I've talked to you a little bit about this. We got together with our advisors. They told us, hey, you got to do them different. They're just not serving the community well. And we said, what do you want? They said, community-generated topics, great contributors, not product-driven. They want a, a more honest and open discussion. And they said, what we want is not no on-demand webinars. We want once-and-done type webinars on a consistent date and time. So every first Thursday of the month, our first one being January 5th, first Thursday of the month, 1 o'clock Eastern time, we are going to be doing a webinar. You can count on it. Put it on your calendar. Every first Thursday of the month at 1 o'clock Eastern time, we're going to do a webinar. The topics are going to be generated by the community, and we would love to have you there. Our first one, January 5th, priorities for 2023, a CIO discussion with integrated delivery networks. February 2nd, we're going to come back with academic medical center CIOs talking about their priorities. And then we're going to hit some of the other great topics that they've given us for the year. And we would love to have you join us again, thisweekhealth.com, top right-hand corner. It'll have our current webinar and our upcoming webinars. You can sign up right there. And if you miss it, it's not on demand anymore. So we would love to have you there. Make sure somebody from your team is there taking notes and bringing stuff back to your staff. So we hope that this works out. Any feedback, go ahead and send us a note. We would love to hear about it. So from the imaging side, you're doing that. And Correct. then are there things in the administrative side you're looking at as well? So we are. So we're looking at more of the kind of back office functions, you know, some of those repeated keystrokes that happen today for like accounts payable and some other areas that are just literally the same keystroke, right? You're paying somebody to enter the same information. Can we do almost, kind of, remember the virus, the keystroke virus that used to be out there where yeah. they would look at your keyboard and then and steal some of the information? Yeah. It, it's almost leveraging that technology for good. So it's understanding, okay, these repeated keystrokes happen 100 times during the day. If we can build AI into it, and it knows that when it sees this form or this column, it pre-fills out that information. Yeah, and so if we can make that work quicker and cut down on time. That's fantastic. Michael, I want to thank you yeah. for your time. Thank you, Bob. Great to catch up. Thank you for all you're doing in the industry, too. Thanks for keeping us all informed. It's, your I, podcasts are helpful. I listen to them all the time. I appreciate so it. Thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. 
another great interview. I want to thank everybody who spent time with us at the conferences. I love hearing from people on the front lines, and it is phenomenal that they have taken the time to share their wisdom and experience with the community, which is greatly appreciated. We also want to thank our channel sponsors one more time who invest in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. They are Olive, Rubric, Trellix, Medigate, and F5. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.